Have you ever noticed that it's almost impossible to study Bible prophecy without drawing charts and diagrams? For a discussion of this phenomenon, and for a glimpse of some of the most remarkable charts you will ever see, stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope. I'm Dave Reagan, founder and director of Lamb and Lion Ministries, and I am pleased to announce that I have in the studio with me one of my colleagues, Don Perkins. Don is the founder and director of According to Prophecy Ministries, located in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. Welcome to Texas, Don. Welcome to be here. Well, we ordered up some hot weather for you just to make you feel at home. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> well, folks, when I first started studying Bible prophecy, one of the things that I noticed immediately was the abundance of choice charts and diagrams that seemed to characterize Bible prophecy literature. Some of the charts were very simple, like this one showing the difference in the rapture and the second coming. Others were very sophisticated and required a lot of study, like this one showing the full scope of history from the creation to the new earth. Some were very confusing, like this one that one of our viewers sent to me recently. You know, it reminded me of this cartoon showing a man standing on a ladder involved in drawing a very large and complex chart while a group of men at the bottom of the ladder try to figure out the chart. The caption reads, The elders try hard to make sense of Pastor Steve's third point. Don, tell me, why in the world do you think it is that the field of Bible prophecy is characterized by the use of so many charts and diagrams? Well, Dave, I believe because uh, the overall picture of prophecy is not really detailed. Uh, Bible prophecy charts really help in the way of piece, piecing the, 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 the prophecy uh, program together. Yes. Uh, God has given one prophet a piece of the puzzle, another prophet a piece. A Bible prophecy chart brings all those pieces together to help us better understand well, I think that's a good point, Don, and, and it certainly is true. There's no place in the Bible you can turn to where it just says, okay, here's what's going to happen in the end time. Bang, 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 yeah, bang, right. right? You won't find uh, it. He'll give a little piece of this prophet, a little of that, a little of that, and you have to really study. I mean, really study. Yes. And you, ha- uh, that's, you know, that's a dirty word to yeah, a lot of studying. people. Studying, yes. And you have to get into the Old Testament. That's true. A lot true. of people don't like that. That's true. And you have to piece all of that together, and one of the best ways to do that is to put a chart together. Yes. Uh, I'd like to give you an example, folks, of what we're talking about here. Uh, I'm going to turn over to Second Peter chapter chapter 2, and I want to show you an example of why sometimes it's so difficult to understand what's going on in the field of Bible prophecy. In 2 Peter chapter 3, Peter is talking about the fact that in the end times something's going to happen to the earth and it's going to be burned up with fire. He says, once it was destroyed by water, now it's going to be destroyed in the end times by fire. And here's what he says. He says, the Lord, they of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned burned up. And uh, that's, that's all it says about the end times. The Lord will come, the earth will be consumed by fire, and burned up. Now, here's the point. If that was the only Scripture we had in the Bible about the end times, yes. we would have to conclude that when Jesus comes back, the earth will be burned up with fire, right? Right. right. But that's not the only Scripture, is that's, it not? That's right. That's not. There's many, many others. And when you look at all these others, you can see that when the Lord comes back, there's going to be other things going to happen first before the earth is consumed with fire. And you have to piece all those things together. Yes. You cannot rely on one particular passage to decide what's going to happen in the end times, right? That's right. This one is focusing on what's going to happen to the earth. 
Yes. But it doesn't focus upon the fact that Jesus is going to reign for a thousand years before the earth is burned up with fire. And that's right. Give us another example uh, of this, Doug. A good example, Dave, is in Zechariah uh, 9, okay. uh, starting at verses 9, and really going 9, 10, and 12. Uh, it, here we find the, the, the coming of Christ, Jesus literally coming into Jerusalem. Yeah, His triumphal entry. Triumphal, triumphal verse entry, 9. Verse 9, and then uh, we go on to talk about his, his, his cutting off of Israel. Yeah, uh, Israel being set aside. Right, at 70 AD, we know that happened. And then chapter, uh, it goes on to talk about the, the literal return of Christ, yeah. The second coming. Now we know we have three pictures there that are rapid behind each other, but we know based on on history and also future events yet to happen that those events events could not have happened simultaneously right after each other. Yeah, th- 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 this is very common in Bible prophecy. Yes. A prophet will look in the future, see things that are going to happen, yes. and he and he and he describes them like they happen. Bang, 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 bang. Yes. Here is the. Triumphal entry. Right. Immediately after that, he talks about the setting aside of Israel. That's right. Immediately after that, the second coming. That's right. Well, we know from history, how many years was there between the triumphal entry and the setting aside of Israel? That was 40 years. Yeah, from 30 AD to 70 40 AD. 40 years. And then from that point on to his return is nearly 2,000 years. That's right. And yet it looks here like it's happening bang, bang, bang. Yes. This is one of the problems in putting together Bible prophecy. Well, another example is over in uh, the book of Luke. Uh, uh, we have Jesus going into the synagogue in Nazareth. You remember that? Yes. And he gets up, and in the synagogue he reads a uh, a passage from the Old Testament. Uh, you'll find that over in what is it, Luke chapter four, I believe it is, mm-hmm. where he stands up in the synagogue and he reads this passage from the Old Testament. And the interesting thing is that he reads only a portion of the passage. Yes. A lot of people don't realize that, but he just reads a portion. He reads from Isaiah sixty-one, and he talks about the Spirit of the Lord right. is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel uh, to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Yes. Right? Yes. And he stops reading. In the middle of the passage. In the middle of a sentence he stops reading. Now why in the world does he stop reading? Because if you go over to Isaiah 61 you will see that the next phrase is that he has not only called me to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, but also to proclaim the day of vengeance. vengeance of our God. But that's the second coming. That's right. So we stop reading. That's right. And yet in this passage, it puts the first coming and the second coming together just, just like that. And you know, David, it was good for Israel that he stopped at that point. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So, you know, this is one of the things that's difficult for people to understand about Bible prophecy, and that's the reason we need these, these charts so much. Well, folks, as you can see, from these examples we have given you that Bible prophecy can be confusing without charts to tie it all together. And I tell you what, let's pause for a moment for a message about my latest book. And when we return, we're going to introduce you to the most remarkable chart makers in, in all of the history of Bible prophecy literature. Dr. David Reagan's book, God's Plan for the Ages, contains a comprehensive overview of all aspects of Bible prophecy. It's written in an easy-to-understand, down-to-earth style that you will find appealing. In addition to all the prophecies concerning the first and second comings of the Messiah, it deals with a host of other prophetic questions, such as, what happens when you die? What will heaven be like? What's the future of the earth? Where is the United States in prophecy? When is the rapture most likely to occur? Is the Antichrist alive today? Are there signs of the times that are unique to our day and age? The book contains a variety of charts and diagrams which illustrate various aspects of Bible prophecy. The book is available for a gift of $15 or more plus shipping. To get a copy of God's Plan for the Ages, please call 1-800-705-8316 Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time and ask for it by name or order online at lamblion.com. 
The book contains 42 exciting chapters about Bible prophecy and runs a total of 415 pages. Again, it can be yours for a gift of $15 or more plus shipping. Call 1-800-705-8316 today to request a copy or order online at lamblion.com. Consider ordering an extra copy for your pastor or church library. Welcome back to our discussion of Bible prophecy charts. Many different people have drawn a lot of Bible prophecy charts over the years, but folks, the Michelangelo of this field was a man named Clarence Larkin, who lived from 1850 to 1924. Larkin grew up in the state of Pennsylvania. He became a Christian at age 19 and felt called immediately to enter the ministry. However, no opportunity opened up for him. So he proceeded to college where he earned a degree in, of all things, mechanical engineering. He became a professional draftsman and then became a teacher of the blind. Later year on, he said he felt that his work with the blind cultivated his descriptive abilities. But Larkin was not happy. He wanted to be a full-time minister. So in 1882, at the age of 32, he became a Baptist pastor. And for the next 30 years, he served churches in Pennsylvania. During that time, he studied Bible prophecy in detail and began to illustrate his discoveries in masterful drawings, utilizing his mechanical drawing skills. In 1918, Larkin published this book called Dispensational Truth. It has been a bestseller ever since. And to get a feel for it, let's take a look at a few of the charts. Here's one that Larkin called the Mountain Peaks of Prophecy. In this chart, he attempts to illustrate the point that when a prophet was given a glimpse into the future, he often saw a series of events that appeared to occur in rapid succession, when in reality they were separated by many years. So, the perspective of the prophet was like a person looking down a mountain range, seeing peaks, but not seeing the valleys that separate them. Here's another of Larkin's charts that illustrate the, the book of Revelation in detail. It starts with the current church age, proceeds into the tribulation with all its various judgments, and concludes with the thousand years of the millennium and the eternal state on the new earth. As you can see, these are highly detailed charts that require a lot of study. Don, when you first started your Bible prophecy ministry, I know that one of the very first projects you had was the design of a Bible prophecy chart. Is yes, that right? Yes, yeah. yes. Well, we're going to find out more about that a little later. You know, Don, I, I did the same thing when I started this uh, ministry. I sat down and devoted hours of my time to designing an overview chart of end time events stretching from the church age through the eternal state. It's a chart that has helped many people over the years to understand the relationship of end time events. I tell you what, folks. We're going to take a brief break to tell you about another Bible prophecy study resource produced by this ministry. And when we return, we will show you some giant charts, and folks, I mean giant, that were used by preachers in the 1920s and 30s. The Christ in Prophecy Study Guide is one of the most popular and valuable publications that Dr. David Reagan has ever written, and it's filled with information and tools to help you understand Bible prophecy. This guide is used worldwide and is a product of over seven years of intensive study by Dr. Reagan. Using this guide will build your faith and strengthen your interest in Bible prophecy as you discover the 109 prophecies that foretold very specific facts about the birth and life of Jesus Christ. As you discover how faithful God is in keeping His promises in the past, it will help you look forward with excitement to the fulfillment of over 500 prophecies about Jesus' second coming. Clear, logical charts and illustrations like this one about the Jewish feasts make learning the facts and meaning of the scriptures a joy. 
The Christ and Prophecy Study Guide also contains two tools that you will use over and over. The Topical Index allows you to find important scriptures related to every significant theme found in scripture. And the Scripture Index will direct you to every page of the guide that pertains to the scripture that you are studying. You can get your copy of the Christ and Prophecy Study Guide for a gift of $15 plus shipping. Just call one 800 705-8316 Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, or order online at lamblion.com. My guests, Don Perkins and I, have been discussing the use of charts and diagrams to illustrate the truths of Bible prophecy. We pointed out earlier the man who made the use of charts so popular was Clarence Larkin, who published a book of Bible charts in 1918. The book was entitled Dispensational Truths. For 20 years thereafter, from 1920 to 1940, Bible prophecy teachers uh, often used uh, giant versions of Larkin's charts to illustrate their sermons and teachings about Bible prophecy. This was before the days of slide projectors and digital projectors. Don and I would like to show you two examples of these giant charts. The ones we have here were used by a circuit-riding preacher in North Texas in the 1920s. They were later put in storage where I'm sorry to say they were damaged by water, but we have restored them. And we would like to show them to you. But I tell you what, before we do that, I'd like for us to pause for a song by Jack Hollinsworth of Acts 29 Ministries. The song is one of the greatest ever written about the Lord's return. It is entitled, Midnight Cry. I hear the sound of a mighty rushing wind. It's closer now than it's ever been. I can almost hear the trumpet. the midnight cry will be going home when Jesus steps out on a cloud to call his children the dead in Christ shall Midnight cry when Jesus comes again. <laughs> Don't you know he's coming and he's coming soon? Listen to me now. Glory to God. Oh, oh Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. I look around me and I see prophecies fulfilling. The signs of the time are appearing everywhere. I can almost hear the Father say, Son, go 
forget the children that the midnight cry the bride of Christ shall rise when Jesus steps out on a cloud to call his children The dead in Christ shall rise to meet him in the air. And then those that remain will be quickly changed at the midnight rise. Jesus comes again, oh Lord, and then those that remain will be quickly changed at the midnight cry when Jesus comes again. God, won't you hurry now at the midnight cry when Jesus comes again, when Jesus comes again. Well, folks, here we are with one of our giant charts, and I mean giant. This one, believe it or not, illustrates the book of Daniel. And over here in this corner, it says that it was drawn by W.L. Wood in Fort Worth, Texas, by permission of Clarence Larkin. So this is just a supersized version of one of the charts that you would find in Clarence Larkin's book. You know, this was taken around during the time when there did not have digital projectors yes. and slide projectors, and a person would set it up in front of the church and run from one end of the other and, and teach the book of Daniel. I, I, I can see you're biting at the bit, brother. Dave, I can teach from this chart. Well, all right, let's see you do it. Well, I like this chart because uh, it's a chart of Daniel. Uh, here we have uh, Daniel chapter 2 with Nebuchadnezzar's image. Okay. Uh, this image is a wonderful uh, image showing the Gentile kingdoms from, uh, from uh, Nebuchadnezzar's time on into the future. And I guess he's laid it on the side so that he can keep the horizontal view here. Yeah, to give a good panoramic view. Of, okay, well, of tell us times. about this image. Well, this image here, we have, first of all, the head of gold, which represents Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. Okay. The next one was preceded by the uh, breast and chest of silver, which was the uh, Medo-Persian Empire. Okay. Uh, and then we have the uh, thighs of brass, yeah. which represented Alexander the Great. Okay. Then we move on to the legs of iron, which represent the eastern and western divisions of the Roman Empire. Okay. Well, and let's just stop before we go beyond yeah. that. You know, it, it just occurs to me that uh, what you're really saying here is that Daniel wrote uh, history in advance. In advance. Better than anybody probably has written it afterwards, you that, know. That's true. Because Dave. that's exactly what happened in it. It's amazing. You had the Babylonian Empire succeeded by Medo-Persian, succeeded by the Greek Empire, then the, uh, then the Roman Empire. Yes. Well, now, what, what is this out here, this iron and clay? Well, in, in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, he actually saw the, the, the iron and clay of his feet. Yes. And the ten toes. This, Dave, goes into the future. This goes be, uh, 
uh, passed our day here. Uh, this is during the time of the Great Tribulation, uh, during the uh, Antichrist's kingdom. Uh, he'll actually head up uh, this empire. And iron and clay don't mix. Don't do mix. So yes. we're talking really here about a sort of loose confederation of nations in the end time that yes. would represent... A, a revival of the Roman Empire. That's right, because and that's never been in history. That, that's right, because iron is in inside of the the feet of clay, and again, it, it, we see the iron. Uh, and because it's never been in history, we know its future. And that's yet, right. we're living in a time when we're, we're seeing this happen. It's coming together right now. The European our very Union. Eyes. That's right. That's okay, right. Okay. Now, what is this right up here? Well, Daniel went on to see that at the close of this image, uh, the Bible said that there was a, a stone that was hewn out of the mountain. This stone represents Jesus Christ destroying the Antichrist kingdom. Yeah, he hits these feet hit and the, the whole feet, thing collapses. The foundation falls. So this is the last world empire. Yes. Succeeded that, by the eternal empire. That's right. What I love too, it says that this kingdom filled the whole earth, which represents the, the millennial reign wow. of our Savior. Amen. It's going to be Amen. exciting. Now, what in the world is all of this about right down here? Well, what I like about this part, Dave, is that uh, Daniel also had a vision that coincided with Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Yeah, later on. Later on. And his dream actually gave us a little bit more detail in regards to the Gentile empires that have come against Israel. Okay, so he saw a lion. Which represented the Babylonian Empire. Rep- followed by a bear. By a bear, which uh, Medo-Persian Empire. Followed by a leopard. A leopard with a uh, 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 Grecian Empire. And then this terrible image, this yes. really terrible one. The Bible calls it an undescript beast, but it had ten horns. And uh, from that, a little horn would rise up. Yes. Which represents the man of sin, the Antichrist, who would later rule the So, it's the, the same succession of empires same. confirmed to Daniel in yes. a dream. Yes. But... Presented in a different way. That's right. To Nebuchadnezzar, these are great, these are glorious, yes. they're wonderful because that's the way people see world empire. That's right. That's but right. in God's eye, He sees them as ravening beasts. Yes. What Horrible I, thing. What I also like about it, David, also shows the power of God too. Because each kingdom was succeeded by a lesser power or either a lesser metal. Here we have a head of gold, silver, brass, iron. Here you have the lion, the bear, the leper, and then the undescript yes, beast. Yes, God yes. humbled the Gentile kingdoms. And again, it goes on into the future. It's a powerful chart. Well, powerful it is a chart. powerful chart. And I think anybody who would see this and hear somebody preach on it yes. would go away with it really burned into their memory. Yes. This is a good chart for the book of Daniel. It really is because, you know, as people study, the, study this chart, I mean, if they don't understand, this chart will help them to see it. Okay. Well, I, I tell you what, this, uh, this particular chart is in Clarence Larkin's book called yes. Dispensational Truth. And yes. I would encourage our viewers to get a copy of that book. We don't sell it through this ministry, uh, but it's available at Christian bookstores. So, you get a copy of that. I guarantee you once you start reading it, you'll be up for three nights in a row <laughs> studying those charts. Folks, we're going to take a brief break to tell you how you can get in touch with Don's ministry. When we return, we'll take a look at another of these fascinating giant charts. Don Perkins is currently the only African-American evangelist in America who has devoted full-time to the teaching and preaching of Bible prophecy. His ministry called According to Prophecy is based in San Diego, California and can be reached on the web at accordingtoprophecy.org. Check out Don's website where you can sign up free to be on his mailing list and watch or listen to Don speaking on a variety of topics. You can also use the website to purchase audio CDs and DVDs of his teachings. And please, consider inviting Don to speak at your church or hold the Bible Prophecy Conference. Your people will be blessed by his dynamic presentations. Again, get to know Don Perkins by visiting his website at accordingtoprophecy.org. Well, folks, as you can see, we have another giant Bible prophecy chart here. Uh, it deals with the Jewish feast. Dave, can you explain this chart to us? 
Well, yes, I can, uh, Don, but uh, you're not going to put me off like that, brother. You're going to have to help me uh, explain this chart. I'll help you. I'll i tell you what, you. folks, let, let's begin. Uh, first of all, let me just explain that this chart was so badly damaged that we're not able really to show you the top part of it, but this will be sufficient. And it's a wonderful chart. It's a chart of the Jewish feasts. There were seven feasts of Israel, and the first was a Passover, and then came the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and then came the Feast of first fruits, and 50 days later came the Feast of Harvest, which was known in the Greek language as the Feast of Pentecost. What were the last three feasts? Then we had the Feast of Trumpets, yes. and then the Feast of the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, and then we had the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay. Now, the first three occurred in rapid order uh, in, in a week's time in the spring of the year, in March or April, depending on how the calendar fell. Fifty days later, in May or June, you have this particular feast of, of Pentecost. Then there's a long period yes. all through the summer over into late September, early October before this next feast starts. And then you have three feasts in a rapid succession yes. in the fall of the year. Yes. Now, the thing to keep in mind is that all of these feasts were related to something in the history of Israel. For example, the Passover feast pointed back to the time when they were released uh, from uh, uh, Egyptian captivity. And, uh, for example, the uh, Feast of Pentecost or Harvest uh, was a commemoration of the giving of the law yes. uh, on uh, Mount Sinai. They were all related to things in the past, but they were also related to the agricultural cycle of the people of Israel. Yes. But what they did not seem to understand is that all these feasts had prophetic implications. For example, the Feast of Passover pointed to the Messiah as the Passover Lamb. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, leaven is a symbol of sin, unleavened is purity. The Feast of Unleavened Bread pointed to the Messiah as a person who would live a sinless life. The Feast of First Fruits pointed to the resurrection of the Messiah because, as Paul says over in 1 Corinthians, Jesus was the first fruits of the resurrection. Yes. The, the Feast of Pentecost pointed to the establishment of the church because the church was actually established on the day of Pentecost. This long period from there to the fall of the year is representative of the church age. Now, that leaves, Don, three feasts that are unfulfilled in Christian history. Yes. And all we can do is guess as to how they're going to be fulfilled. Yes. What is your guess? Well, my guess is this. The Feast of Trumpet coincides with that of the rapture of the church. Why would you identify it with the rapture? Because of the trumpet blowing, the sounding of, uh, you know, of, the, of the trumpet, the taking up of the church. Right. And, and it's so awesome. So I'm waiting for this trumpet blowing. I, I, Zola Levitt, uh, had, uh, a Messianic Jew, told me that every year he gets his calendar, he looks for when is the day of trumpets. And he circles it in red <laughs> and he does a lot of serious praying as he gets closer yeah. to that. Yeah. We don't know for sure if that no. will be the fulfillment of it. But it's most likely yes. that the rapture might occur around that day. Yes. Then we have the Feast of Atonement or Yom Kippur, which coincides with the Great Tribulation period. Israel during this time, you know, they will come to a full knowledge of Messiah. Yeah, that's going to be the day when they look upon Him whom yes. they pierced and weep and will and yes. mourn as one weeps for an only son, and that will be their day of atonement. Yes. And then we have last the Feast of Tabernacles, which I really love because this coincides with the time of rest or the time of the millennial kingdom where Christ will be here with His, with his, uh, his saints, and we will be with Him to go with Him in that millennial kingdom. And season. you know, Don, the interesting thing about that is that even the Jews themselves would agree yes. that the Feast of Tabernacles is a prophetic symbol that one day God will return to this earth to tabernacle among yes, us. Wait, yes. I can hardly wait. A time of rest. I can't Any wait. other observations you want to make about this particular chart? Well, I just, I just love the chart in general itself. I mean, it's a wonderful study. Uh, you, you must be a student of the Scripture in order to understand it. And it's a, it's a wonderful, effective tool to use to evangelize our Jewish friends. Yes, it is. Yes. And it's a wonderful tool to help Christians yes. better understand 
the Jewish roots of their faith. Yes, Just is. as the Passover meal is the foundation of what we call communion. Yes. So, we need to understand that our faith is really rooted in Jewish practices and holidays and so forth. Amen. Amen. Okay. I would agree with you on that. Well, Don, I, I think you, you could really get excited about preaching I, on something like that. I love like it. That. I love it so much. In fact, folks, Don loves charts like this so much that he has designed a chart of his own uh, that he has used effectively to teach the fundamentals of Bible prophecy for years. And the Lord willing, next week on our program, Don is going to show us his chart and present a teaching based upon it. And until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 